Hello and welcome to another episode of Best Picture Rewind, the special series on Oscar Central, in which Lex and I discuss previous Best Picture winners, and sometimes whatever else comes to mind in the Oscar offseason. Lex, how are you? I'm great. Um, definitely not going to make this about Billy Elliot or The Bare Necessities. <laughs> I'm honestly curious to see like what our what will I make it about? I don't know, but it will be episode. Billy Elliot. Yeah, it'll probably just be how hot Jimmy Stewart is the entire episode. Probably. Um, what a man! What what a man! What a, they don't make them like they used to. <laughs> like honestly, though. Um. So in any case, today we are going to be talking about uh the film "You Can't Take It With You," which won Best Picture in um on the 11th Academy Awards, which is kind of wild. It is the oldest film that we've discussed thus far on the podcast. And it was released on September 29th in 1938. Uh, it is a American romantic comedy, which it's also so fun to get to talk about a rom-com as a Best Picture winner because that doesn't happen anymore. Um, directed by Frank Capra. And it is adopted by Robert Risk. Riskin from the 1936 play by George S. Kaufman and Moss Hart, which had actually won the Pulitzer Prize for drama. Um, and it stars Gene Arthur, Lionel Barrymore, Edward Arnold, and most importantly, our man Jimmy Stewart. Uh, and it basically is about this like man from this rich and snobby family who gets engaged to a woman from this very kind, very nice, but also very eccentric family. Um, and then shenanigans ensue. And it was a like pretty widespread commercial success it was a critical success like it it did well um apparently it made like uh let's see the numbers i'm seeing are like in the five million territory i think i don't know if that's right but um it, it did well for the time um and yeah i'm very excited to get to talk about jimmy stewart with you on the podcast for the first time uh because we are both big jimmy stewart fans um and we're both also big like frank capra fans um and we both love this era of film so what did you think of you can't take it with you um i really liked it i was familiar with it because i'd seen the play Mm -hmm. Um, when i was in eighth grade the high school did the play and i saw it Wait, that's cute. Um, yeah. And we did it as a dinner theater, side note. And I was a waitress oh, at the stop. dinner theater. Like I, I went to a Christian school, so you had to have volunteer hours. And yeah. so I volunteered to be a waitress at the dinner theater if you can't take it with you. And fun fact, um, I shaved a mole off by accident. Um, so I was bleeding profusely the entire time. Um, oh. But I really liked the play. <laughs> social right now oh. no like it would not stop we were right ahead to go to the hospital oh my god that was fine um the mole grew back um anyway um <laughs> but i really liked the play so i was already familiar with the story um i know um you know it was recently revived on broadway and annalee ashford won the tony for it um which oh, i did right. not see that and i did not see her in it but i can already tell that i can so imagine that yeah, I, I'm sure she was fantastic because when is Annalie Ashford not fantastic? True. Um, but yeah, like I went into this knowing I was going to like it and especially having watched 
watched this after Million Dollar Baby. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This was a really good chaser for Million Dollar Baby. Because, like, here's no kidding. a sad, boring movie. And then here's, like, a nice little... Jeremy Stewart. Here's a It's in the thirties. Real yeah. <laughs> mid Atlantic accents. And um, yeah, no. Um, also, I don't know. It's just the the. It's a Wonderful Life cinematic universe. You got Frank Capra directing it. You've got Jimmy Stewart in it. You got Lionel Barrymore. It's the like. It's the impetus for one of my favorite films of all time. Um, yeah. And which should God, I wish it's a Wonderful Life was a Best Picture winner so we could talk about it. Um, God, I know. But yeah, no, I really um, liked the, um, I really liked this one. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. It's not like my favorite Frank Capra or my favorite Jimmy Stewart or anything, but it was just like nice. Um, it's it's a quirky little film, honestly. Um, it is the kind of thing that if it got made today would never come near Best Picture, which I think is really interesting. Like for one thing, because I think at a certain point, the academy like stopped considering rom-coms for best picture it feels like and do you know what i mean like i feel like this today even if you put a star in it as big as jimmy stewart was then um would not go anywhere near a best picture nomination let alone win um and i like that like i like the idea of having sort of more genres considered in best picture and it not always having to be like serious films um but this one's quite cute it reminded me in some ways because of the whole like big quirky family thing of um meet me in st louis although their family yeah, is not as quirky that. as this one um yeah. which is one of but that is like one of my favorite films of all time like truly top 10 material um so that is a great clang goes that trolley it does it 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 do be clanging right. <laughs> um Hiddleston, if you're listening when we have our sing-off Round one, Bare Necessities. <laughs> round two, Merry Christmas, Maggie Thatcher. Round three, The Trolley, the trolley song, song, which I will eat up and leave zero crumbs. So sorry, buddy. Um, you're going to lose this thing off. Can I be your like backup in The Trolley Song? Can I get like a cowbell and just like yeah, playing, playing, playing it? Okay, excellent. You can also, uh, we'll also sing the song that she and Tootie sing at the party. And you can- I know the whole thing. Yeah, and <laughs> I can be like, you can be like, do you want an introduction? And I'm like- yeah excellent see this is gonna be great um so yeah I think there's there's so much that's like fun in you can't take it with you um I feel like actually I don't really misspeak on this because I I don't know this for certain but I feel like the special effects with the fireworks are actually like pretty cool for the time period yeah um especially that like big explosion that happens right um I felt like that was impressive I I really my one big critique of this movie is that I wish that we spent a little bit more time with the main couple. Yeah. Um, because all the bits between them, I mean, obviously, like, has there ever been anyone more charming than Jimmy Stewart? No. The answer is no. Um, but there's some bits between the two of them that are really like fun to watch and they have nice chemistry together. And I wanted, like, a little bit more of that and a little bit less of her family just being very weird. Um, And I also felt like the bit in the beginning with all the bankers and whatever that was went on a little too long. Um, Maybe it was just because I was sitting there like, show me Jimmy Stewart. Let him be cute. Like, it was that, um, 
I know you don't watch SpongeBob. But there's this episode of SpongeBob where yeah. Squidward like performs and he works really hard at performing and nobody thinks it's good. But then SpongeBob just comes on and mops um with a <laughs> mop and everyone cheers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so SpongeBob in between acts comes and mops it and everyone's like, yeah. That was <laughs> that was me every time Jimmy Stewart was on screen. I mean, pretty much. Like, yeah. But he's really good in this. Like, it's not. He was in his prime hotness at this time. He, he was. He was still it's... young. <laughs> Damn, <what? laughs> Listen, okay, he would have been he would have been 20. Wait, really? He would have been 20. So oh, he was born in 1908. Listen, I'm See, not he was saying no, Lex. What? This is from 1938. He would have been 30. I was like, that's not possible. He's not twenty years old in this. Can't do Um, that. Okay, fine. He was thirty, but still, like, like that's a baby. That's like Joseph Quinn today. He's okay. Wait, wait, wait. Listen to this. He is younger in this movie than Joe Curie is right now by a whole whopping year. Yeah, but that's wild. Okay, but as Steve Harrington. No, but think about it this way. Like, he is the same age in this movie as Joe Curie in, like, season four, right? Yeah. That came out while he was 30. That's kind of wild to think about. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like, he was at his, in his prime. He was. He, I mean, he always looked great, though. Let's no, he real. did. He did always look um, great. It just Vertigo, for whatever reason, the movie itself do, does it for me, but he doesn't necessarily, in terms of hotness, doesn't do it for yeah. me. Yeah. Now, I will say, I don't think this is, like, a particularly impressive Jimmy Stewart performance. Like, if you look at It's a Wonderful Life or Mr. Smith Goes to Washington or Vertigo, like, those are all, like... Your window... It's all my life. Like, those are all like better performances. Yeah. But this is good. Like, this is like. It's a wonderful life. I'll go to my grave saying it. Yeah. I think he deserved many Oscars, but like, not for this per se. Um, Like, it's a a good solid performance, but it's like your typical rom com leading man performance. Um, Yeah. Except for a rom com, like, it spends a lot of time not with the couple um cycling back to my one critique of it (laughs) but can we talk about the character of her sister uh the train wreck like just the way that she okay there was something so funny to me like it was one of those you know whenever there's like a running joke in the film and most of the time it will like get old by a certain point her weird dancing never got old to me (laughs) (laughs) every time it was still funny (laughs) that is truly how I dance around the house whenever I am just trying to be an idiot that's Um, me listening to Merry Christmas Maggie Thatcher (laughs) or the bare necessities that's me listening to Bejeweled by Taylor Swift it's me listening to Master of Puppets (laughs) it's me listening to What Do You Want (laughs) me listening to Chrissy wake up <laughs> me when I listen to this podcast uh, <laughs> uh, if you're listening tell us what makes you dance <laughs> I'm gonna dance like that at, well the time oh my god we'll, um, we'll be we'll be well past the 
Eras yeah. tour. So I danced like that at the Eras tour. Remember? <laughs> I'm so dead. Remember when I danced um, like her sister at the Eras tour? And I can't. The secret yes, song I do. Body No Crime. I danced like that. Oh my god. Secret song is what a good shit. <laughs> You're dancing. Secret song is... I'm trying to think what's the worst one that it could be. Secret well, song. I, I know what the worst one could be, but you can't even. Yeah, I'm like. One could be. Well, yeah, I'm like not that. <laughs> I thought it too, and I was like, mm, can't go there. Um, secret song is White Horse, and you danced like that. <laughs> I would like to see it. <laughs> I think. Remember, <laughs> that was such a good time. That was really fun. <laughs> In any case, um, the secret song was Merry Christmas, Maggie Thatcher. <laughs> Remember when Taylor Swift saying Chrissy wake up? Remember when Taylor Swift said, I'm not dating a London boy anymore, so I'm going to make commentary about UK politics. And she sang uh, Merry Christmas, Maggie Thatcher. Um, remember when Taylor Swift was like, I once dated a man who thought he sounded good singing the bare necessities, but I can do it better. <laughs> I I would pay her so much money. Not that, I've, not that she needs my money, but... Not that you haven't already. Yeah, not that I... Never mind um anyway yeah no i really enjoyed uh enjoyed um this movie and i don't know i like the i don't know the the whole like is it's almost like a farce yeah um and i'm not really a fan of what's the plural plural for farce farces farsi um i'm not really a fan of farsi um farsi fan but this one did it for me. Like, it just, it's so weird. Like, this would have been a movie that if I lived in 1938, I would have eaten up. Yeah. Um, but I agree that it's not, like, sorry, I keep thinking of her weird dancing. Um, <laughs> you know who would have been in this movie if it was made in, like, the 2010s? Mm-hmm. Zoe Deschanel. I was literally going to say Zoe Deschanel. Because it is kooky. Like, <laughs> She would have. She would have been the sister. Yeah. Uh, yes. Oi. I um. No, but like, yeah. In terms of like Jimmy Stewart performances or like movies, you got It's a Wonderful Life, The mm-hmm. Crown Jewel, The Number One, The Can't Be Topped, The If You Want to Look Me Dead in the Eye and Tell Me Any Jimmy Stewart Movie Is Better Than It's a Wonderful Life, I'll Smack You Clear in Your Face. Um, I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> Well, you're going to say it? I... No. There is a film of his that I prefer to It's a Wonderful Life. I'm Nuh-uh. so sorry. There's yeah. not. Yeah, there is. What? It's Rear Window. Rear Window's fantastic. It's not It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, but there's no Grace Kelly in It's a Wonderful Life. So there's Donna Reed. I mean... No. I never had a high school f- hyperfixation on Donna Reed. I'm sorry to her. I did. I had one on Grace Kelly. Which, okay. which tracks. Um, okay. But I'm not saying It's a Wonderful Life isn't great. It's my second favorite Jimmy Stewart no, movie. No, it's but the best. We can agree to disagree on this. No, we can't. Yes, um, we can. I'm not going to let this go. <laughs> I should up. never have said it. I brought my karaoke machine. We're going to sing Bare Necessities. <laughs> And when I win, you'll concede that this that uh, it's Wonderful Life is the best Jimmy Stewart movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I would honestly say, I mean, my number two is actually yeah. Vertigo. 
Okay, okay. Despite the fact that I'm not attracted to him in Vertigo. Vertigo would be my number three, so. Um, the only reason I'm not attracted to him in Vertigo is because he's acting so freaking weird. Um, when he's, like, trying to turn her into Madeline, he's like, oh, there's you. You thought I wouldn't, you thought I wouldn't catch you, but I did. I'm just like, okay, this is, that was the best Jimmy Stewart I've ever done. I have thoughts that I'm not going to say on air about this. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to text them to you. Yeah, please do. <laughs> um, no, then Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Okay. No, I lied. I'm sorry. It's it's a wonderful life. Vertigo. Rear windows third for me. Thank you. Okay. So we have the same top three, just in a different order. And then Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the probably same. A Philadelphia yeah. story. Oh, wait. Oh my God. I gotta rethink. I would actually put Philadelphia story above Shop Around the Corner now that I think about it. I would put it. Ooh, actually, it might be my number three. I might kick for it to go to four. Also, let me see. Okay. Um, in no in Vertigo. (laughs) No. The other comment that I had texted you was about the Polar Express. Oh, no, I saw that. I was like, yeah. no. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank you. No. Um, listen, I've been known to be attracted to men who give off Jimmy Stewart vibes. That's literally, if you want to, like, look at a man and be like, will Lex be attracted to him? It's like, on a level of one to ten, how much does he remind you of Jimmy Stewart? And if he's above an eight, you got a good shot. Like He's an actor. And say he's trying to add some pizzazz to his performance. If a Jimmy Stewart voice slips out, you'll be like, "Yeah, that's Lex's type." That's yeah, right there. I love I love that. Like, my sister loves boys who look like they're suffering from a Victorian illness. Lex loves boys who give off Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> I love this friend. I just feel safe around Jimmy Stewart, even though he's dead. (laughs) Jimmy Stewart, you could trust your drink with. You know what? I agree with you. Jimmy Stewart would walk you home. He would. He He wouldn't just walk you home. He'd be like, can I walk you home? (laughs) Sure, girl, she. I want you walking home by yourself. It's not safe, she. I'd be like, okay. For anyone listening who may wonder this is not the first time i've heard lexus jimmy stewart impression she brings it out um at least every year at christmas if not more often mr potter <laughs> that was really good yeah. i hope no. everyone else finds what's you as the, funny as what's, I do. The, what's the one i always do when it's it's a wonderful life i always do the um now you listen to me yeah <laughs> i don't i don't want to build I don't want to build railroads, and I don't care about plastics. So I'm, I'm never getting married ever. I'm gonna have one or two. Shaky. Thank you. Wait, I'm literally, I've lost the plot. Um, oh my god! But yeah, so it's wonderful. It's not. It's a wonderful life. Jesus. It was a wonder- Let's talk about that, please. I want to. Talk you about can't that. take it with you. I. 
liked it. Like, I feel like, okay, the, the difficult thing in discussing this movie is that, like, what is there to say about it, really? Well, and the like, other thing about, the other difficult thing about this is, like, looking at what it was nominated against. Yeah. I haven't which, seen anything. Okay, which, let's, let's talk about these Oscars. So, like I said, it was the 11th Academy Awards. They took place on February 23rd, 1939, at the Biltmore Hotel in Los Angeles. So, they, like, weren't happening at the place that they now happen yet. Um, and it was the first Academy Awards without a host, which is interesting. Um, and let's see, Frank Capra became the first person to win Best Director three times. Uh, La Grande Illusion was the first non-English language film nominated for Best Picture, which is cool. And this is one of only two times in Oscar history in which three of the four acting winners had won before. And the other time that happened was in 1994 um Faye Bainter became the first performer nominated twice in one year once in lead once in supporting and Spencer Tracy became the first person to win best actor two years in a row the only other person to have done so actually also it happened in 1994 which is kind of wild and it was Tom Hanks um radio coverage was banned this year for some reason I don't I did not find out why but there was someone who like started covering on the radio and got like I think it was like 12 minutes in before they caught them um, and shut them down, which is weird, but okay. Um, and I thought that you would appreciate that Walt Disney received an honorary Oscar this year. Um, yeah, with seven little statuettes. Yep. Um, but presented- you can't... Sorry, what were you saying? I said presented by Shirley Temple. Um, I truly thought I heard you say presented by me. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I was Shirley Temple in my past. Actually, I was so bad that I was Shirley Temple in my past life. <laughs> same honestly. if someone told me i was i was actually shirley temple i would be like uh, okay did you know that i had a hyper fixation on shirley temple in like elementary school same because of the freaking um infomercial that would come on at three in the morning of shirley temple's greatest hits um no i just had oh, a that's bunch why of... i love shirley temple is i would watch the 40 minute infomercial at three in the morning oh my god stop when i couldn't so sleep funny. on shirley temple's greatest hits and i would come downstairs and be like mom dad you want to see something i learned at 3 a.m and oh be my like, god what? and i'd be like animal crackers okay so i had a bunch of vhs's like i had the cassette of shirley i think it was Probably from, like, the very box set that i watched the infomercial on um and i also had a i'm trying to think i had a like sing-along vhs tape that was like, like lollipop no i think it was animal crackers mm. It had Anastasia songs on it too. Yep, I think it, it was did. like a yeah, and it had like no, it was probably the deluxe Anastasia that had like a special sing along of Animal Crackers. No, that my suit- it was a special sing along VHS that had songs from Anastasia from like Fern Gully, I want to say, and oh. Young Frankenstein. Yes, it had um. Put yes. on the- it did. It did. It had that too. Yep, and I would also perform Animal Crackers in my soup. Um, but I watched all the Shirley Temple films. Anyways, <laughs> um, You Can't Take It With You had seven nominations this year. Alexander's Ragtime Band had six. And the following films had five. Boys Town, Four Daughters, Jezebel, and Merrily We Live. You Can't Take It With You was nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Supporting Actress, Best Writing, Best Cinematography, Best Film Editing, and Best Sound Recording. Um, The Adventures of Robin Hood won three. Boys Town, Jezebel, and You Can't Take It With You all won two. And the ones that this one was obviously Best Picture and then Best Director for Frank Capra. Um, 
like you said, I don't know them about the other nominees this year. I weirdly, it's it's funny. I feel like out of any, like any year that you gave me in the 30s, this might be the one where I've seen the least um, films. Yeah, I have I, I I have seen Angels with Dirty Faces, um, which is what James Cagney was nominated for. I don't know if I've seen. Um, I mean, obviously, I've seen Snow White, which won the honorable. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, so I know I could not be Shirley Temple reincarnated. She died in twenty fourteen. Oh damn! Um, I mean, <laughs> there went my um. There, there went all your dreams. I'm looking um, at, like, I don't think I've seen, um, I don't think I've seen anything. I am truly, I don't know why this, like, cracks me up as much as it does, but it's very funny to me that there was a man nominated for playing King Louis the 11th, and then another man nominated for playing King Louis the 16th in Supporting Actor. Uh, <laughs> I, I also... I'm not like and I know that the issue with looking at any of the ones this far back is that there's a lot of like politics that were definitely going on that we like don't know about um but I have two thoughts looking at this I don't understand why it was spring buying 10 nominated for supporting actress for this I was literally thinking the same thing that is the most random to be the right actor nominated like I would have nominated Ann Miller for playing her sister over. I absolutely uh, like, like th- that would have actually been a great nomination. Great nomination. But also, so many categories this year have so many nominees, and I'm trying to remember if that's like normal in this time period. I know uh, Michael Curtiz, which Frank Capra won for this, which I'm not necessarily mad about. Granted, I've not seen any of the other nominees, so I don't know for sure. Um, but Michael Curtiz was nominated twice. Um, for best mm. director, and he directed my all-time favorite film, White Christmas. Um, oh yeah, so I do love yep. me some Michael Curtiz. Okay, I'm looking. It does seem like it was normal in this time period to have like a ton of nominees. Um, interesting. I, but yeah, it's it's an interesting year to look at. I definitely feel like this is year is one of my like big blind spots apparently. Yeah. Um just because I don't know these. I, I feel like you know what? I may have seen this Robin Hood at some point. Um I feel like yeah, I probably I saw don't... it on like Turner Classic movies at some point when I was say. a kid. Um I but truly there's a lot of these that I'm like, I've never even heard of them. Um like what what is Alexander's ragtime band? Um it's weird to think that what? Billy Burke was nominated in 1938 and then the next year did um Wizard of Oz. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. I'm really interested. Now I really want to see this Pygmalion um film. It's got Leslie Howard in it. Which is interesting. I also like what is Test Pilot? <laughs> it has Clark Gable and Spencer Tracy. That's and Lionel Barrymore. Oh my god, he was having a year. Um That's also but a, yeah. If you catch me in a certain mood, I'll also do a Lionel Barrymore impression and it's a wonderful life. That tracks. 
I'll do a whole scene. I'll be everybody. I love that. Okay, truly, Michael Curtis has such a career. He really did. Like, it's amazing that he was doing that many films 20 years before he was doing, like, which I understand that he did more than White Christmas. But to me, he did the only movie that matters in the world. Um, he also did Casablanca. It, he did the two movies that matter to me in the world. <laughs> um, I Okay, wait. This year. Hold on. I'm, I'm Before I, like, state this, like, officially, I want to make sure that I'm not haven't like forgotten how to read but if i'm correct he had two movies in this year which i know like it this is a different time in hollywood Who, michael Curtis? Like, yeah yeah he was nominated for director twice that year no no, no. he he oh my god wait hold on so in this year though he had angels with dirty faces four daughters and the adventures of robin hood so he had three yeah that's wild that's very impressive. But I know it was a different time in the studio system and all that. Um, but it's still impressive. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like it. this really is the epitome, though, of one of those movies where it's like, there's not that much that you can say about it because it's just like, it's a cute, fun film. Yeah. I'm looking at um, The Avengers of Robin Hood because I can't, remember if i've seen this one or not yeah and i'm so sorry do you know what like i miss what i miss when animals would have a name and would get credited in movies. okay yeah i like miss yeah. when it'd be like a-list actor a-list actor a-list actor and polly has <laughs> parakeet stop are you for real okay no you know what i'm talking about like an old-timey yes where it's like yes. jimmy stewart ethel merman Betty Davis and Pallywags the Toad. Like I just wait, and and Trigger has. That's what I was saying. That's what I was looking at. It's like it's all I'm these. I'm so like, dead at that. It's all these actors, and then and wait, it was Roy Rogers' horse. It, apparently, I'm dead. It's um uh oh my gosh, Trigger has a whole section dedicated to his death. Oh. Oh, apparently they make a nod to Trigger in Nope. Oh, I still have not seen Nope. I need to watch it. It's 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 something. Now I want to go watch this Robin Hood movie. The original Trigger, who was apparently also named Golden Cloud, died in 1965 oh. at Rogers' new ranch in Apple Valley, California. Rogers arranged oh. for Everett Taxidermy to preserve and mount the horse. No. Professionally stretched over a foam likeness of Trigger and resulted mount was put on display at the Roy Rogers Dales Evans Museum which opened in Apple Valley in 1967. Is it still there? So it was the mount was later moved to the so it's it's you can see it in Branson, Missouri. Stop. Can you imagine that? It was taxidermied in in 1965 and it's just sitting there. At the museum's closing in 2010, its contents were placed for public auction on July 14, 15, 2010 at Christie's Auction House in New York City. Trigger's preserved remains sold for $266,500 to television channel RFD TV, which starts which plans to start with hmm, with plans to start a Western museum. 
Bob Tinsley, a, a Victorville developer who built Roy Rogers' home nearby Apple Valley, bought a, the fiberglass replica and plans to make the statue part of historic Apple Valley Village. I just couldn't see letting him go anywhere else, he explained. As of 2018, Chet Hill and Bob Tinsley installed Trigger's statue at the... So we don't know where Trigger is today. I don't like that there's that his taxidermy itself is out there somewhere. Join us next week when we talk about what happened to Trigger. Yeah. Next week. Next month. We gotta we gotta drag him down. <laughs> Join us next week when I talk about animals that were credited in films. I'm listen, I'm all for it. They didn't treat animals right back in the day. When they'd be in movies and TV. And I'm all for, like, you know, being kinder to animals. But I think it'd be kinder if we gave them their due credit when they performed. I agree with that. I just, I'm I'm sorry. I'm still stuck on the taxidermying of the horse. Like, that's, that's large. Like, horses are big. Well, so they just put his hide over a foam replica. I don't like anything about this. Anyway. Okay. I need to move past this. Uh, <laughs> um, anyways. Love to see Spencer Tracy win an award. Um, and Betty Davis. Incredible. Show stopping. What a man. What a woman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about Jimmy Stewart again. <laughs> okay, truly, like that's that's the thesis of this. Is there a Jimmy Stewart fan episode? I Jimmy Stewart fan. Yeah, there is. It's under the profile. Um <laughs> what is it? Eddie Munson. <laughs> Eddie Munson five ever. Yeah. <laughs> um wait, there <laughs> is there <laughs> yes. stop. What have you found? <laughs> 1912. You were Wyan Naricott, the older sister of Albert Naricott. You must do what you can so your family can keep their farm. Are you joking? <laughs> so your brother can keep his beloved horse. Wait, hang on. What? <laughs> it's a wonderful life fan <laughs> I'm. Oh, hell yeah. I'm. I don't know what to. I don't there know what to is, say. About there is, um. There is fan fiction for It's a Wonderful Life. That is iconic. Man. I, wow. In the alternate universe where George Bailey was never born, Mary is visited by Violet. And it's called Lady Madonna. I don't know what to do with that. I'm going to read that. This work could have adult content if you proceed. You are willing to seize. Hell yeah, I'm willing to see such content. I'm okay. 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 This is wow. Wow. We're actually about to rename this wow. Fanfic Central. Oh, she's really having a time. Okay, I'm not going to say what I read. Okay. But in this fan, it's a wonderful life fan fiction I just read. Wow. Okay. This is crazy. So it's, I really don't know what to do with this. George wishes he was never born. I sped read this, okay? 
Okay. Which is he was never born. And so he was never born. So while he's running around, see, this is an SNL sketch, that Austin Butler SNL sketch where they parodied his wonderful life. I oh, wanna, yeah. I want to yeah. see this instead, where George is running around with Clarence trying to like, he's seeing what his life is like. And now I don't think this happens in this fan fiction. No, it doesn't. But I think it'd be funnier if it did. Um, I'd like to think that in the movie, he's like, where's my wife? And he's like, you're not going to like it, George. And he's like, you're telling me where my wife is. And she's hooking up with Violet. <laughs> I truly don't know what to do with this. Like, it's like, It is Violet and Mary Bailey smut. I'm... I'm this is amazing. I love fan fiction. I support it. <laughs> it's 1961. It's time for Susan Zuzu Bailey to change the world. I'm <laughs> there's one that says Turnstall has silently pushed Henry F. Potter's wheelchair for decades, but no one ever seems to notice him. There's very good reason for that. I'm like, is he about to like go push Potter's wheelchair off a cliff? <laughs> I would like to see it. <laughs> I'm not going to sleep tonight. I'm going to be reading. Oh my God. I'm going to be. When George realizes he's late for work, he quickly gets ready while forgetting to use the bathroom. What? This is It's a Wonderful Life told through an ague, but it's Tony Stark and Pepper Potts. Stop. I'm not going to sleep tonight. I'm going to be reading It's a Wonderful Life fan fiction. I want a full review. I review. You're going to get one. I'm going to write one. Yeah. Oh, even better. It's like <laughs> Mary and Violet are hooking up at uh, the old building and loan. Poor George is forlorn. Some of the cross YM. Yeah. It's like, I'll be a good wife, George. <laughs> That's what you ask the moon for me. I'll hold the fort down while you can go to college. Fuck you, Harry. I'd like to say, while we're on the talk of topic of It's a Wonderful Life, the real villain of that movie isn't Potter, though he sucks. Um, it's Harry Bailey. What? No, Harry Bailey sucks. No, he sucks. And a cult. Don't don't yeah, look on no. I don't care that he's cute. First of all, to rat me out to our listeners. <laughs> the look on your face was like, <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, put it away. First of all, okay, let me know. I'm so glad I finally have a platform to share this. Okay, so it's just here's the beef, right? You got George, <laughs> good old reliable George, okay, and he does. He wants to go to college. He wants to see the world, and his parents. Or like, yeah, you can do that, but we need help with the building and loan. And so he's like, okay, I'll do that while Harry's in high school. And then when Harry graduates, I'll go to college and Harry can hold down the building and loan. And then, okay, you, yeah. And, and then we can do a little one, two, switcheroo. Well, yeah. okay, no one anticipated his father dying, right? And That's so, fair. of course, he gives that little speech. And then they're like, George, if you don't start, they'll close the building alone. And so he has to do it to honor his father's legacy. But what does fucking Harry do? He totally yeah. blindsides him. 
and keeps him from being able to go to college. And he's just like, oh, well, George, that's a missus. And I'm like, shut up, Harry. <laughs> I love your, like, oh. ardent defense of George Bailey right here. I were, like, if I were Mary, I would deck Harry in the face and be like, you you two-timer double-crosser crossing bastard. <laughs> but it's what I'd say because this is 1949. I'd be like, yeah. And I would say it in a mid-Atlantic accent. I'd be like, you two-faced, two-timing, double-crossing bastard. And I'd smack him clear in the face. I don't care that he went to the army and, and saved that whole battalion. I don't care. Yeah, I was like, he, he's- I don't he's care. Go save a battalion. I don't care. Wait, he- Okay, okay. So he- he, But he couldn't have let George go to college first? <laughs> it's the way he prevents George from being able to go to college. I've never forgiven him. And then when George is in trouble- Everyone shows up with money, but who doesn't yeah. show up with money, Harry? Instead, he just stands there and goes, to my brother George, the richest man in town. Like, shut up. Where were you? <laughs> I know you were saving that battalion, but other than that, where were you? What were you doing? Nothing. He's a war hero. He's Listen, he's paid his debt to society. <laughs> even before we even get to fucking college. Like, he is on that hill, and he slides down, and it makes me laugh every time. He's okay, like, it is really funny. I'm looking. not scared. <laughs> he goes down that hill. Okay, tell me why the way you said that like, just Help sounded. Me, George. Okay, why is your impression of young Harry Bailey sounding distinctly like one of the reindeer in the Rudolph movie? Because I also do a great impression of the reindeer in the Rudolph movie. We've established that. But no, it's first of all, what a freaking good for nothing, Mr. Like, I'm not scared. Immediately. Goes through the ice. Doesn't well, he wasn't scared. Jump, doesn't think to what, jump off the shovel. Okay, um, well, what it shows is that, like, a good dose of fear can be healthy. <laughs> what it shows is that literally every kid slid down that hill and managed to not fall through the ice but Harry. <laughs> like, I mean, fair. That's not a kid. We that don't was, know that. We don't know how many kids are at the bottom of that. He was the last one. <laughs> and, and No. Harry Bailey is the worst. He's the worst. And when uh, he doesn't even tell his family he gets married, he just hops off that train and is like, huh, I told you I have a surprise. Here she is. That's the missus. I would, if I was his mother, I'd be like, excuse fucking me. Hey, forgive his mother. If I was his wife, I'd be like, wait a second. <laughs> like, you, you didn't holler? Imagine she thinks he's told them. <laughs> he brought them. Then... <laughs> And you know what? You know what I think about all the time is when when George knows, God, it breaks my heart every time. And I get that the point is that he still had a wonderful life. I get that's <laughs> But it breaks my heart every single fucking time. I just want to punch Harry in the fucking face. When um when she's like, My father just fell in love with him. Um and and George knows he's like, shit, like I'm not going to college. Like Harry's gonna go. Do this big freaking business, except he doesn't. He goes to the freaking military, which like George would have gone to the military, but he lost his hearing in an ear thanks to fucking Harry's inability to slide down a hill on a shovel. <laughs> so it's like, and then he, Harry, uh, like George knows his fate's fucking sealed. And his wife, who no one knew about, was like, oh, well, my father just fell in love with him. And then George goes, oh, and you did too, huh? And she just kind of like smiles. In the same way that, like, you know, if you meet somebody and yep. you've not heard great things about them and you're like, oh, I've heard a lot about you. And they're like, oh, all good things, I hope. And you just kind of look at them like, 
It's that same look <laughs> that she gives him. I, you know, at the beginning of the episode, I said I wondered what the topic we would go off the rails about would be. Harry, how Harry, Harry Bailey. Bailey. <laughs> it's just, uh, Harry Bailey's the worst. He's a real villain. I mean, like Loki, Potter, yeah. yes, Potter sucks, but Potter's easy to defeat. You know, that's fair. Like all, all George had to do was whip out his honeymoon money, and up, oh, up, oh, Potter can get him. But Harry is a conniving snake. Do you know what I'm realizing now? Talking about both of these films is that Frank Capra. I need to research this man more because, um, Mans was really out here being like down with capitalism. <laughs> yeah, and, and in the 1930s. Awesome. God bless yeah him. and I we appreciate it was, that it was the great depression so i mean not yet like at this in the 30s it would have been oh you're right i'm where did my mind go i was, I was thinking say, did you not see it's a wonderful life i did i did i also do have it well, i almost have two history degrees um i thought we were talking about the 20s for some reason oh my god oh, in the in the in 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 the black friday not black friday black friday Wait, wasn't it called Black Friday when the stock market crashed? <laughs> I think it was, but I don't want to be quoted on that. Sorry, this is this is past my time period. I just um, know that when I was learning about the Great Depression, my dad was like, and it's a wonderful life when George <laughs> pays all those people out. Like, I love that. I've seen that movie so many times I could tell you how much money each person um, asks George for. Yeah. That asshole asked him for um $472, which is like a fulfillion dollars in Yeah, no kidding. And he's like, come on, just a loan. And he's like, $472. And then everybody's like, I'll oh, just take 20. That one girl asked for $1750 and he kisses her on the cheek and I envy her. Um <laughs> I've seen this movie so many times that I have so and every time I watch it, I walk away with more thoughts and more rage towards how much I hate Harry Bailey. I love this for you. Do you know what? I'm sorry. One more thought on it. Okay. Is, you know what scene also always makes me laugh and it's a wonderful life? So like Harry, not Harry. Yeah. No, Harry would never. He sucks. George helps the martinis get um a house. Right? Yes. Yeah. And <laughs> when he goes to the bar. My dad and I always laugh about how uh, Mr. Bartini is like, George is my best friend. And like, we never see them hang out. He just helps him buy a house. And so when... Wait, true? And the teacher's husband's there, and he's like, you made my wife cry, and he punches him. And he's like, you can't find out, he punched my best friend. <laughs> you never see them hang out. Wait, that's so funny. He just comes to the house. And then not <laughs> later, George shows back up to that same bar, and Mr. Bertini's nowhere to be found. Instead, it's freaking Nick who's like, hey, listen, yo, you're gonna buy some hard liquor. Oh my God. <laughs> because if George didn't exist, Mr. Martini wouldn't have had wouldn't have had a best friend, and so his bar would have been a rough bar, I guess. <laughs> God, I love that movie so much. That, we need to watch a movie together. This, I please this Christmas season. Please. Oh, please, let's watch it next week. Yeah, <laughs> I love that movie, and you will see now that I've said it. Now that mm -hmm. I've made the case, 
mm-hmm. that Harry Bailey is the worst character. Okay, I want to read the essay that you're gonna write. On. I will write. I will write one. Do you know who I, I could see if we were gonna make It's a Wonderful Life today? Yeah. Do you know who I could see playing Harry Bailey? Who? Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> that's so funny who's who's playing george bailey well you know who my top pick would be wait okay yeah but i that's an interesting casting i would pay no i would pay ten thousand dollars i don't know why that was a weirdly that was a weirdly specific (laughs) the a certain n- no-name actor mm-hmm, mm-hmm. played George Bailey with Tom Hiddleston as Harry Bailey. That's such a weird. I'm pretty sure I love it. Tom Hiddleston has like a good ten years on this guy, um, and Harry's supposed to be the younger. Yeah, brother. yeah, um, he has like a solid ten years on him. No, but like realistically, do, do you know if I could kind of see playing George Bailey? I don't know why this is speaking to me. Who I could kind of see Paul Rudd playing George Bailey. Yeah, yeah. Is I he, think it's not my best work, but if give me he's, that. I mean, he's a little old for it. Yeah, but he's Paul Rudd, so he doesn't age. It's fine. But Paul Rudd has the same sort of like charm and appeal that Jimmy Stewart did. I think. I think Joe Carey could play George Bailey. I was thinking that, but I didn't want to be the one to freak out there. No, um, so because if I'm Joe Carey's sitting George here Bailey, in my and Tom Middleton can't be Harry shirt. Um, I I gotta think on this. I want to see Joe Carey as I hate to like double dip Stranger Things actors, but I want to yeah. see or Joe Carey be George Bailey, and then like I really want to see David Harbor be Mr. Potter. Stop. Okay, I was already thinking like Finn Wolfhard as Harry Bailey. <laughs> no, like I, David Harbor wouldn't be like Lionel Barrymore. He would, but he, he would make would it his own modern Potter. I honestly could see it. I also, ever since I saw him at the Met Gala, I want to see David Harper in like a period film. So I say we still set it in oh, the period. And I think he to. would. I don't. I mean, you actually would rock could it. make It's a Wonderful Life today. Actually, now that I think about it. You actually could set it with the like whole financial crash occurring in like. Like last week. <laughs> well, that too. No, I was going to say in when was it? Like 2001. 2008. 2008. Why did I say 2001? it off um oh i know what happened in 2001 yeah i was gonna say a bit of a different historical event happened yeah okay um okay. i what was i just thinking no you should still set it like in the in the time yeah. that it took place yeah and i want to see just because i will work this man into anything like i want to see like jerry trainer be uncle billy i knew jerry trainer is coming in somehow <laughs> You're trying to be George Bailey, and I'll be, I'll be, um, I'll be married. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna keep pulling people from the Stranger Things cast because actually, even more than George Bailey would be a good, or George Bailey, Jesus, even more than Joe Carey would be a good George Bailey. Do you know who would be a really good Mary? Who? Natalia Dyer. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. She's 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 able to do that whole thing of being very like seeming delicate and fierce at the same time do you know yeah. what i mean and, and that's mary for you yeah can i be violet <laughs> yes okay thanks 
She'll be like, I'm glad I know you, George Bailey. Um, I love this for you. That would be uh, that would be me. Alternate universe, I play Violet in the original movie. With I love that. Just I so I can kiss him on the cheek and be like, I'm glad I know you, George Bailey. <laughs> I love this a lot. Anyways, okay. this wasn't about It's a Wonderful Life, even though we talked about that. It's just, what is there to say about You Can't Take It With You? You know what I mean? Like, it's there. And to be fair, we don't we don't get to do an episode on It's a Wonderful Life, so. And we should. And I want one, and so I just hijacked it. You just made one. You know what, though? Um, like, I talked about Frank Capra. I talked about Jimmy Stewart. And yeah. I talked about Lionel Barrymore. So, um, so do we think it's a worthy Best Picture winner? Sure. I mean, compared to what you know what i mean like i don't know yeah i'll say like so, compared to crash yes compared to crash uh, yeah i'll watch this over crash um what is your letter grade for this film like b plus okay i was thinking like a b minus like it didn't it didn't knock my socks off but it was good i think i gave it like three stars on letterboxd um and then would you say it's a great fine or bad best picture win fine i think this is the epitome of fine yeah, like it's, it's just fine. Like, like it's fine. Cute. It's there. Arse. Yeah. Like, would All I right. watch this again on a rainy day? Yeah. yeah. Sure. Or like if I didn't feel well. Yeah. It gets the epitome of like a sick day movie. Yeah, it is a good sick day movie. But like, I'm not, it, like, you're not going to find me like writing an essay on like this. You're not going to write fanfic for this. <laughs> I bet. I bet. And well, I'm going to be curious to find if there's, you can't take it with you fanfiction, but, um, but yeah, like, I'm I, not looking into it too much this is one where i i could see some interest like a a um modernization of it oh yeah being no, fun. The, the content's there i where are the you can't take it with you au <laughs> i'm sure they're there um in any case <laughs> in any case um yep don't worry there let, is let us know if you hate harry bailey <laughs> if you hate harry bailey too let me know and I'll send you a prize. <laughs> it's a soda cap. Wow. I don't drink soda. No. It's an Olipop can from that I drank. I'm I'm dead. Uh, what you drank. It's not even like here's an Olipop. No. It's just a can. It's <laughs> just a can after it because I'm um saving the planet. So you can then take that can and do whatever you want with it to recycle it. Okay. Um, including putting in a recycling bin. <laughs> um, anyway uh thank you for joining us on this yet again unhinged episode of best picture rewind um nicole where can people find you on the internet you can find me on twitter instagram and letterbox defending harry bailey at nicole ackman 16 harry sucks okay <laughs> you can find me on twitter and instagram at fuck you harry bailey no, just kidding. You can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at at LexWilly underscore W-I-L-L-I and on TikTok at at MoonshoesLexi. Um, thank you for joining us on this wonderful episode of You Can't Take It. <laughs> Best Picture Rewind. <laughs> Not You Can't Take It With You. Um, join us again next week. And until then, have a good one. <laughs>